Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. Another 10 episodes, another whatcha. Your hosts are opening up about all of the pop culture they've been consuming on a brand new episode of Normies Like Us. This should be a simple in and out. Everything has led us here. I need millions. I can get you millions. Once upon a time, bad people ruled the earth. I'm cruel. Yes, of course. I understand the importance of the ceremony. I won't let you down. You heard it up top. Time for some normies like us. And we are back with another watch out. What we are watching. What's going on in that pop culture world? Uh, only here can it be broken down with your host, Colin. Um, Michaela DeVille. Oh, no. Pick up. Uh, 101 <laughs> Jacob Mason. <laughs> and the right. triumphant return. Joe is back. Yay! We're excited. That's right. Yes. I'm back, back from baby. a secret mission. Yeah, yeah. The secret right. mission to not watch moon. Transformers. <laughs> he was on the moon with Ultra Prime or whatever. Yeah. He was yeah, hanging yeah. out. I was hanging out with my Cybertronian buddies. Mm-hmm. And, yep, uh, yep. you know, just didn't have time to be here to talk about the wit wikis of the world. No, we're now we're all about the Cade Yeagers of the world, but you know, that's right. Yeah, we're <laughs> Team Cade Yeager. Hey, you team Cade Yeager. Your, your team Stockholm syndrome is what you guys are. I think it's what no happened. way that uh, you were that into to Cade. What a name! <sighs> that football throwing was—it's pretty attractive, Joe. I don't know. The inventing. <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> now, normies, if you missed it, we just wrapped up Transform May and a little bit of Bumble Jim, where we <laughs> talked. Right. The Lorenzo Di Bonaventura, Michael Bay Transformer joints. We did six movies, all five of the Bay films, and Bumblebee. Joe, we missed you on those. Do you have any ridiculous thoughts about those big robots? Um, you know, I was never, uh, I was never really a Transformers kid. I was more of a GI Joe kid. Big, big. You are robots. a toy boy. Just not really my thing. Yeah, I, I am a toy boy, but not, uh, I don't know, there's something about, like, the big robots, like, robots in general, I, I like them as my sidekicks, I like them as my, my uh, you know, comedic relief with the droids, like, never an Iron Man kid, not a Transformers kid. Mm. I did uh, dress up for the midnight premiere of Transformers, though, uh, so that came out, you know, we were beginning as of Optimus? college, end of high school. As, as Optimus Prime, yeah. Whoa. So uh, we, that summer, every single Thursday night, whatever the movie was coming out, we would go and we would see it at midnight. So we saw Hairspray at midnight. Uh, sure. We saw a bunch of, you know, really forgettable and, and memorable movies uh, that summer. And for Transformers, me and a buddy uh, spent the day listening to Mute Math and, and Linkin Park from the soundtrack oh, and uh, taking cardboard boxes and spray paint. Uh, he was Bumblebee. I was <laughs> Optimus Prime. We had another friend who uh, did jazz but didn't know what jazz looked like. So she just had like purple and neon green. And she was like, I'm, it's jazzy. And I was like, all right, that's fine by me. All right. And I just had like a, nice. like a red Under Armour on and a bunch of cardboard pieces and like a bike helmet. But uh, that's amazing. yeah, I don't know why we did that. We also like rolled through the theater and and started on one side and walked through in these these big bulky cardboard costumes all the way to the other side of the row. Um, 
I don't, I don't really remember much about the movie, but that experience was pretty fun. You know, the Michael Bay movies, like, they came and went. I uh, I have seen all of them. <laughs> I really liked they? Bumblebee. Bumblebee's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I really don't, I don't have too many Transformers thoughts. Well, I think um, saying the Michael Bay Transformers films came and went and Bumblebee is great saves the listeners about five and a half hours of podcasts. <laughs> Absolutely. <Yeah. laughs> so thank you for yeah. economizing our, our basic takes on it. But yeah, it's pretty yeah. much dead on. But we're back. Uh, Great. I, I figured I'd be uh, in tune with my boys. Yeah, yeah. Besides the Stockholm Syndrome we mentioned earlier, we're pretty much in sync right. there. But um, yeah, normally the 10th episode, which would have been 150, uh, is the watches, the big catch-ups, the grab bags. Uh, we did Bumblebee for that just to round out the Transformers, and now we're here for episode 151. First of all, yeah. we made it. Congrats, everybody. Wow. We made it. Last time we were doing one of these, everybody was still quarantining, and some places they're still doing that in the world. We're a little lucky. It's kind of opening up a bit. Starting to open up, yep. I went to a restaurant for the first time. That's a big watcher wow. for me. Had a wow. seafood wow. grill. You know, it was nice, but I don't know what to do Very with nice. my hands around inside humans. or outside. It was it was still outside. Um, they had it in the parking lot, yeah. but yeah, uh, was, yeah, I went to uh, I went to a restaurant a couple of weeks ago. My my uh, mom was visiting me. We went to the Federal and we sat outside, and it was great. So, you're both um, wearing the bubble boy outfits that's great good for both of you. <laughs> i do the no, karate kid i have it up so i got a clear shower curtain I that's hung to, on a hula um, hoop <laughs> doing the karate kid. yeah <laughs> i went to idle hour uh for uh, oh. our local la fans and our rocketeer fans um yeah I love idle hour. so yeah I've, I've broken that threshold i took my first wow lift in uh two years that was i I just i didn't even know what to do like the lift pulled up and i I just got in he was like you're joe and i was like yes and did not say another word until quiet arrived (laughs) at my location i just like yeah he was like i don't i don't i don't remember how to small talk and i didn't want to try it on this lift driver like right away so we'll get there we'll get back to the how was your night? Where are you going? Blah, 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 blah. Before yeah. now, now, this awkward silence. You catch yeah. the sport? <laughs> Joe, you know what's funny is uh, I was actually trying to go to Idle Hour uh, a couple weekends ago, and I, and I didn't make a reservation. We just showed up, and it was like a Friday night or a Saturday night, and it was fucking packed. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I should have probably made a reservation. I didn't expect there to be so many people out. So I think that's great. And, uh, you know, people are getting vaccinated up and everything. So mm-hmm. great. Yeah. People are, you know, staying safe, getting vaxxed, getting back out there, you know, stimulating the yeah. economy. It's good stuff and uh, socializing again. Um, so, yeah, that's an exciting change for where we've been for the past, I don't even know how many episodes. <laughs> There's yeah. still a ton of great pop culture to, like, stay inside and absorb nonstop, yeah, though. So right. You know, we've all Very been true. keeping up on that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're spoiled for content. I guess that's what we're going to talk about now is after spending six weeks with the uh, Transformers, the Autobots, and Decepticons, we're ready to catch up with Joe and catch up with you guys and each other on what we've been watching, playing, reading. Coming up next on uh, 151 Watch and Normies Like Us. Got to catch them all, right? It's like Pokemon. There's 151. Uh, Got to catch them all. Uh, this is the Mew episode. Yeah. We should have... 
Should have done Pokemon, but only up to the original series. Yeah, that's right. We'll do the whole Normie rap, and that'll be that'll be the theme song. <laughs> All right, we're back. You heard it. We're talking stuff we've been watching. Now, mm-hmm. Mike, come on. Obviously, I haven't watched or read or played anything else. I've only been doing the Transformers, baby. Ain't that right? I know you said we've been cheating on it. No way. No way. 100% Transformers diet for six weeks straight. JK. There's nothing else. We got you. <laughs> back at it again. Um but yeah, I, there's there's some stuff that's come out recently. We kind of made lists uh, to compare. I don't know, um, going alphabetically off of things that we've all seen. And I think the big one, Zack Snyder, Army of the Dead, just to yes. kind of kick it off. Right. This was on every we one of our lists. The man, yeah. we talked what a moon. the man. What a moon. We talked his movie, aka Zack Snyder's Justice League. Mm-hmm. Let's do a quick sequel to it. All of us have seen this Netflix atrocity. Yes. Oh, yeah. Twice. Twice. I did. I did. Wow. Re-watch. Twice. I was like, maybe I'm being harsh. How? I was not being harsh. No. <laughs> Good. No, I'm huh? sure not. Well, you know, like any other Zack Snyder movie, the first time I watched it, I wasn't really paying attention. And uh, we were talking about it. And you brought up a fact that I'm sure we're all going to talk about. Uh, and I was like, I did not catch that at all. I apparently was not watching this movie closely enough. So I did watch it again. And, uh, it's uh, it's arguably worse the second time. <laughs> well, impressive. Yeah, impressive. and spoilers for the Army of the Dead, the extremely plot-heavy, you know, Army of the Dead. We're going to talk about whatever we want here. Um, I was There's a lot of hype for this. You know, we did talk Zack Snyder, yes. kind of his best movie maybe being, you know, the Dawn of the Dead remake that he did that was written by James Gunn. Um, so it's kind of a return to his roots, right? But it's like, okay, Zack Snyder zombies, the premise is fun. They're going to be in Vegas. There's a lot you can do with capitalism, society, you know, Gamora, you know, like the decadence of society. It ends up kind of not being anything interesting, (laughs) but you know, it doesn't do any of that. It literally doesn't do anything, but Colin, you know, what, what are your general thoughts on army of the dead as we go? Oh, you know, so this is a bad movie. It's it's one of those things, again, if you listen to our Zack Snyder Justice League movie, we took a minute at the end to say, hey, we're on your side, we are allies, regardless of whether or not we're happy that this piece of art, quote-unquote, got released, we're all very excited for the next chapter. The Netflix zombie stuff is going to be where this guy shines. And about 10 minutes into this thing, I think it really dawns on you that, like, oh, no, I've made a huge mistake, even betting, like, an (laughs) ounce of sympathy towards this guy who is incapable of doing anything well. I retract that entire outro that we recorded. (laughs) This stricken from the record at this point. Well, Colin, I think the thing is, um, you know, I think he's good at certain very specific things, right? But if you give him too much to do, like on this movie, mm-hmm. he was his own DP for the first time ever. And oh he, he wrote the movie, right? So it's like some things he just shouldn't do. He shouldn't write. He shouldn't uh, shoot, apparently, is what we're learning. He should just direct. And <laughs> Let's really look just at the opening credits. Opening he should just make music videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. He should just film by Zack Snyder. 
a story by Zack Snyder, a screenplay by Zack Snyder, shot by Zack Snyder, produced by Deborah and Zack Snyder. You go, ooh, let's take 50% of those Snyders out of there, and I'll right. keep Deborah. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the hint of which one I want sticking around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like his credit his name is in the credits like eight times in the first thirty Easily. seconds of the movie. It is something else. Yeah. It's and a it's, cult now. I'll tell yeah. you like, I was I was totally in right off the bat. Like there was something about like the camp of the opening and I was like, Oh cool, he's really gonna play with like the campy elements of zombies. It's gonna be right. reminiscent of that Dawn of the Dead. Maybe he learned a thing from uh James Gunn or two and no. Then you get like 15 minutes in and they're like, okay, this is going to be a uh, heist movie. It's not going to be all that exciting. And, uh, bu- buckle up, buckaroo. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And I mean that, that opening credit sequence, uh, you know, that just shows that that's probably what he should stick to because like that was kind of the most interesting part of the movie. And then right after that, you know, it kind of dipped in quality. Yeah. The, the opening credits is the most interesting part of the movie. Cause it's like, you're seeing the fall of Vegas and the showgirl zombies and all this crazy stuff. The rest of the movie really has nothing to do with Las Vegas whatsoever, you know, and it, it's kind of right. a bummer. Oh, so it really not. peaks in those credits. Yeah, Richard yeah, Chen. should just made a movie about that. Yeah, that would have been the better movie. The other thing is it's a heist movie that the heist didn't need to happen because essentially what they're after, they encounter the first five minutes into the ordeal and like, right. just, just yeah. get them, you know, if we want to spoil the, the big twist or whatever. Well, and Mike, as, as you know, people have pointed out before and you guys pointed out to me, it's basically a remake of aliens, right? Like right. beat for beat. It's, you know, the plot of aliens, same kind of twist of what's really going on and everything. So, Yeah. Yeah, so what the guy says, go get the money. But really, he just wants the head of an alpha zombie, which we have alpha zombies, and they have girlfriends. Their DNA, the army could blah, blah, blah. I'm the guy from Jurassic World, or Aliens, or Mm -hmm. insert any movie. There's a hierarchy, right? There's a king zombie and a queen zombie, and there's alpha zombies are robots, and some zombies are are tigers. Some are robots, Jacob. That's the twist. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. I would love to talk about this because Colin and I were texting afterwards, and we were like, "Yeah, boy, that was garbage." And he shared the uh, Cinema Sins video. Mm-hmm. I watched it, and about halfway through that video, they're like, uh, "Yeah," and uh, some of the zombies are aliens. And I was like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and texted me like, "Yeah, no. If you look like they they like flash blue eyes and stuff." I was like, "Yeah, did not blue catch eyes that and sparks. at all." Watched Metal it again. I was like, "Why? Terminator? Why are there so many?" It doesn't make it any sense. Cool. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It opens also this movie. It opens with Roadhead, like oh Roadhead. yeah, the, the, the world yeah. The, the opening montage is cool. Yeah. No, back it up, baby. <laughs> you're right. Well, you're right. The world well, ends because of a blowjob. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's interesting that uh, you know this movie, written by Zack Snyder, breaks some of the fundamental rules of screenwriting, like foreshadowing. Where, you know, they kind of have a cool idea of, like, these zombies that are, like, dried out in the, in you know, but they're like, oh, when the uh, rain comes, you should see it when yeah. the rain comes. And then you think, oh, they're going to show it later, right? And they no, never no, do. No. So it's like, why even bring that up? about it. And there's, like, a yeah. couple things like that where it's like they bring up cool ideas and then never pay it off. The guy with the giant, uh, oh, the, you know, saw. the giant saw. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, his personal I'm like, weapon. this is he's dead rising the movie. This is going to be great. And he doesn't use it. <laughs> yeah. They use it to, like, escape. Never use it? That's it. 
Also, they don't make like a big point of him like losing it ever. Like it's just there. Yeah. He puts so many shotguns on mantles and just like leaves them mm-hmm. as a collection. Yeah. It is yeah. insane. And yeah. like I feel like those are all remnants from like other drafts. You know what I mean? Like at one point he was like, "Oh, there will be a monsoon, and that's when all these zombies will come up." Or like like remember how some of them hibernate? Like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Hibernate. Oh man, oh, these zombies take naps. That. That's great. <laughs> Got to sneak by them. Yeah, yeah and I mean, it's like, don't wake daddy, but zombies. It was like insane to me. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's a group heist movie where the, everyone in the group, like, I didn't like any of these characters except for... Hold on, Taro. hold on. Now, Jacob, you that. say that. You're, normies who are watching the YouTube, you're not actually... Uh, Jacob's not here with us. We actually had to re... Uh, record I'm jacob's entire in. portion yeah. of this mm-hmm. podcast you'll notice how blurred out he is but i would agree the best part of the movie he's in a lot of single angles with no other actors yeah that's right yeah i mean like tignataro's oh, character so, so zach snyder <laughs> so zach snyder's best thing in his movie is something that a year later he got to replace and try again on like where Ooh. have i seen that before oh yeah name the of the game three zach snyder movies got him like, he can't he can't do anything in like one shot needs a bunch of them another couple takes yeah she has the best thing in it jacob i agree with you she's so yes. disinterested in anything that's happening but it's like right. it kind of works with how just absurd and literally stupid everything is and i don't mind and that's batista. like the one element yeah batista like he doesn't I shine like but he doesn't shit no. the bed either yeah i mean i think it's just yeah, a script fine. like he doesn't get much to do with the script but I think Tignatar is the one part that they kind of subvert, like, the heist, where it's like, you know, oh, she's just immediately in once she hears, like, oh, you know, a million dollars? Sure, I'm in. Oh, we might we might die? You know, I'm in. Whatever, let's do it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one kind of clever moment. I, I could do a whole episode on this. I don't know if we want to do rounds of last thoughts yeah. or anything, but um, I'll kick it off here, at least for me. In, in Zack Snyder's, you know, movies, we're like, oh, maybe he'll get the Dawn of the Dead back, as I said, you know. And when George Romero makes a zombie movie, it's not about zombies, right? It's about some societal issue, right? Capitalism right. or racism or, you know, classism, things like this. And, and when Zack Snyder makes a zombie movie not written by James Gunn, it's literally just about the zombies and how you can kill them. <laughs> so right, the end are. result of the Zack Snyder DP'd Army of the Dead is a film with a plot more shallow than his depth of field. Ooh, great! Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's a good one for these zombies. I'll say like there's there's like a half-assed like attempt at like a immigration analogy with the the coyote character, right? But it doesn't really make sense. And it's like, oh, they have to sacrifice people sometimes to the the queen zombie so that they can have like safe passage through Vegas. But, but you could have like, just caught her with a net and ended the movie. <laughs> Right, yeah. and pretty easily. She doesn't seem that hard. Yeah. No, oh, that's all we were here <laughs> for? Yeah, let's she, go. She, it really wasn't that tricky. But I got, I got 90 it more pages of zombies sense. blowing up. We got a film, guys. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, sorry. for me, like... I mean, uh, no, oh, ahead. sorry. Yeah, um, for me, I didn't, you know, I didn't think it was a great movie or a good movie, but uh, there were some interesting ideas that they just didn't follow through on, and I thought it was shot pretty badly. Like, like you mentioned, the depth of field is really distracting. How how shallow everything is. Blew it. Um, you just blew it completely. <laughs> blew it, Jacob. It seemed almost like a, a you know maybe it was a passion project of his for a long time, but it just seems almost like an amateur movie or like a you know like a fan 
you know, a fan-made movie, like a really high-budget fan-made movie. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at this compared to his Dawn of the Dead remake, written by James Gunn, right? Like, the same thing happens twice. They're both they both have zombie babies in them. When James Gunn wrote it, it is a, a critique of late stage capitalism and being born into a system that you cannot broke. You're already a zombie. When Zack Snyder does it, it's just to be like, yeah, zombies, fuck. I think you there would have been a, a <laughs> slow motion zombie sex scene in, oh, sure. in an extended cut of that. Uh, yeah. They give everyone like one note quartz and then they don't follow up on those at all. Like the guy who has like a YouTube channel and things like that, they just don't uh-huh. follow up on any of these personalities. It feels like the beginning of like act one is from one draft, act two is from another, and act three is from like the final one where he just needed to like get it over with. I mean, it does not feel complete at all. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and would well, you be surprised to find out that they're actually they've shot and made that's coming out a prequel to this movie called Army of Thieves that's that's featured around the German uh, lock you know lockpicker character, uh, and it's apparently directed by that actor and starring him, and it's coming out on Netflix. Why? So. Why? Who wants that? I don't know. And they shot that before the movie came out because they just thought it was going to do so well, I guess. Uh, so you have that to look for. Here's, here's my thing. If you could take a bunch of like more talented or more focused filmmakers and make this weird universe where like Area 51's a part of it, robots are a part of it, zombies are a part of it, and it all somehow ties together, I'm here for it. But you have to embrace the camp. Like that movie should have been so campy. And then after like the first 10 minutes, it's like, no, this is very fucking serious. Okay. You're living in a fucking fantasy world. You think this is a joke. Right. Zombie yeah. Vegas movie is very serious business. And that's my issue with this guy. Look, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. I'm not going to any more Zach movies. There's no reason to, he's not, he does not have anything I like handcuffed to him anymore. So I'm not going to be blackmailed into enjoying it. Unfortunately. Look, once again, to defend myself here, I have Sucker Punch, the director's cut on Blu-ray. That is a film I watch. Now, for, for all the slog I put on this piece of shit, but unfortunately, something happened. He, he, at a certain point, became so much more worried about what we think about him than what he thinks about his own movies. To have this scene, Jacob, where the coyote is catching the the person and has to say you know you're your bait to the person the guy says but i have a mother we all have fucking mothers he's just reacting to bvs he's just right, making right. this moment where it's like i can't believe you guys laughed at me for this moment in my movie i'll laugh at it too i don't even care you're like dog like i i'm I, i'm trying to be with you man and he just this movie is bad it is just flat out bad it's mainly bad in my opinion because he writes it i've said to you guys i've argued off pod our bad movies, our 90s and 2000s bad movies, were cleaned up by geniuses. No matter what you think about them. Joss Whedon did passes on speed to give us quotable dialogue. Um, Quentin Tarantino. You guys have no idea what movies Quentin Tarantino contributed dialogue to. Didn't write. Contributed dialogue to. That every day we're all just quoting like it's, it's these huge memorable lines. And in this you have a guy saying... 
easy peasy Japanesey, and them all saying, ooh, you can't say that anymore. And you just, it's like the lowest moment of my life watching this movie where I'm like, should I just kill myself now? Like, is it even worth like living if I have to watch another moment of this? Right. It's, it's bad. And Colin, guys. you know, I think um, yeah. the person he's most trying to be, Zack Snyder, is probably James Cameron, right? Yes. He's trying 100%. to take over the James Cameron role. Mm. But then if you compare to, you know, this will be interesting, you know, the Joss Whedon versus Zack Snyder, uh, you know, thing, you know, Zack Snyder, probably a better person, right? So we have to side with him there. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, I, I guess, I don't know. Yes. And, if, you know, later in this episode, we'll talk about another Joss Whedon property, yes. I think. So uh, that'll be interesting. But, you know, is you know, it's unfortunate. But, you know, Joss Whedon is a more talented writer and, uh, you know, storyteller, I think. So, yeah. I feel like he wants to be James Cameron, but he should want to be Robert Rodriguez, if that makes sense. Like, that yeah. does. his sensibilities no, that does are sense. so much more. Mm, action you know quippy like like style over could you imagine if 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 he made titanic you know what i mean like Uh, Zack snyder's pompeii or something like that you know what i mean like it's just not and i dog stick make something like spy kids like i'd be here for that i don't know what he wants just don't write it i just think he's or at least get someone to clean it up on you please He's got a cult of personality, man. Like when you have that type of fame and you have people who are gonna like your shit no matter what because they're so desperate to defend something that they liked that you made previously, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, he's got an army of yes men who are always going to be sitting there and always going to be supporting his stuff even when it deserves criticism. You know what I mean? Like the army of and the you can dead. still like it and acknowledge that it's bad. Yeah. Like you could be like, "Army of the Dead was fun. Like I, I liked it. It was, it was cool. It was cheeky." Like, but you have to acknowledge, like, no, it was not very good. You can enjoy something and acknowledge it's not good. It almost reminds me of um, like a prequels issue where you got one person who has all the control and all the say, and there's nobody saying, "Hey, maybe not this particular." direction right maybe dial this back it's just all yes men kind of like what joe was saying and it's like at that point i'm gonna shoot it i'm gonna write it i'm gonna direct it yeah and maybe you could use somebody who could reel back some of your less desirable sensibilities (laughs) let's say appetites it was a zombie joke damn it all right there we go Um, I do have a good segue, because um, this is a heist movie. Um, however, the next thing I want to mention that's on three of our lists actually is a better heist movie than uh, Army yes. of the Dead, which is Cruella has a heist element that is yes, executed does. better than this movie. In a genius way, Mike. Now, Joe, yeah. you didn't catch this one, right? No, I, I did not. I, I, you know, I'm not even sure if we've ever hit or shit this thing where we talk about whether or not we think a movie's going to be a flop or make it or whatever. If you had told me mm. five years ago, it's like, Colin, Colin, Emma Stone is going to be in a Cruella DeVille prequel film. You're like, okay, that sounds very, that's making me very nervous. What does that mean? <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. It's going to be amazing. I, I would not have believed you. I love this fucking film, dudes. Um, I will say I thought it was pretty good. I, maybe not as high on it as you are, but 
I would compare it to almost like the, you know, Solo, the Han Solo movie, right? It's a movie that there's really no reason for it to exist, doesn't need to exist at all. Hmm. But even though, you know, it does exist, like to make money, obviously, but um, if you're going to do it, at least do it, you know, well. So I think it did it did a good job for what it is. Um, and I, I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, it's a very, you know, a lot of visual uh, style and everything. So I really enjoyed it. And I thought Emma Stone was great. Obviously, I think she kind of carried it to her and Bring Emma out. Thompson, the Emmas, mm-hmm. right? So, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and I guess I won't get into spoilers too much. Joe hasn't seen it, but um, again, Colin, you're saying and if you want, I don't. And maybe we'll see. We'll see if anybody else wants to dive in. I don't. I don't think there's yeah. too much to read into for a Cruella prequel. But yeah. um, you you mentioned if someone said, "Oh, there's going to be Emma Stone in a Cruella movie," but if you also told me that same weekend you could watch a Zack Snyder directed zombie movie, but you're going to like yeah. Cruella more, I would. have said right. you're crazy okay get out of here right but i, I liked cruella more and there's a heist element where Good she's that. you know she's kind of against emma thompson and she's trying to sneak in and get some stuff and it's like yes. way more tense and like feels like well, a proper you know, heist. and to 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 root this film we we complain about army of darkness you're rooting the movie in las vegas and you're not utilizing that environment or what it's about to Heighten mm-hmm. the heisting. It's not like somebody's got like, oh, I got to go to the blackjack table first and to do this, to this. No, no, no. You, you get nothing of Everything's that. Everything's just in hallways. In Cruella. Yeah. You get dimly lit gray hallways. Yeah. Vegas. Now, in Cruella, a film set in the fashion world, to have the linchpin of the heist come about because of these beautiful golden, you know, uh, bevels that are going to be on this fashion gown to turn out that they are instead moss that emerge and, you know, eat up this person's dress as revenge. You have something that is, one, clever. You know, it's just out of this world clever. It's a, it's a beautiful visual. Two, you're tying in the themes of the movie. Mm-hmm. It is about these things that hunger and destroy fabric. It is about this young woman who's trying to tear apart the fashion industry. Again, you look at it and you're like, halfway through, I was like, who the fuck wrote this? Like, who Like who sat right. down and was like, all right, I got a story to tell, and it just so happens it's the Cruella de Vil prequel, and I'm about to blow your minds. No, I think um, it is very clever and well-written, and I think it's like, does it make sense as a prequel to the 101 Dalmatians, <laughs> the cartoon? Not oh, really. No. When no. It's like I, I don't remember that thing. Yeah, and it's a different retelling, and it's like a twist on it, and I don't want to get too much into the spoilers, but like some of the ideas on paper sound like really stupid right like i'll just say one thing um like her mom the way her mom dies right they have her killed by literally dalmatians well, right it sounds well. stupid but then when you see how they do it it actually makes sense and they do it in a way that like fits <laughs> so it's like sound, yes. it sounds almost like a bad parody on paper but then it, it does make it work and visually i think this film is amazing like they have um you know Mm -hmm. a lot of visual style in it like the soundtrack is like sounds very expensive i'll just say that because there's a lot of a lot of needle drops a lot of needle drops and like it's very set in the the time period of like the 1970s london fashion scene and it just you know stylistically it's amazing um and uh yeah it's very clever i I agree with you they hired a cinematographer (laughs) like they're really breaking new ground (laughs) Wait a minute. So Cruella had a Martha moment. 
Yeah, and then she literally has like a I'm becoming the Joker moment halfway through the movie. (laughs) Yes, truly, she's like, and now I shall be Cruella. And you're like, okay, I'm I'm still with you. Yes, you are. Yeah, and there's some things like there's the the Clark Kent aspect of it. Yeah, where it's like better. I'm into it. You know, like the Baroness, she doesn't recognize her as like, oh, that's clearly my assistant. Like you're you're the same. Like your hair and makeup is different, but you're clearly the same person. Doesn't matter, Um, man. They they greenlit a sequel. I'm here for it. Gremlins gets away with it, right? She hates Christmas because Christmas killed her dad's. Yes, <laughs> yes, why yeah. not? Pretty much that, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll and there's some further twists that, uh, you know, yeah. kind of wraps it up very nicely, so I don't yes. want to give away too much, but it is a clever retelling that it's it's interesting. Yeah. Joe, let me say this. There is dialogue between our lead character and another character. Again, you would think a protagonist, someone who should have compassion, you know, that the audience should be on side for. In a Disney movie where she says, I'm not sure if I'm going to murder that person or not. And the other person's like, well, and yeah, they sort of have to have like a talk about it. And they are using the word murder. And you're yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Well, it's interesting because I don't know the if they know they how to, to balance her character where it's like halfway through, you're like, are we supposed to be like rooting for her? Because once she becomes Cruella, she kind of, she starts being mean to her friends. And I, I was like, don't be mean to your friends. Like they're trying to help you. It so, asked the question of the Jacob, the screenplay is so, <laughs> it doesn't matter. The screenplay is so complex that it's literally like, what is a henchman? We should have a conversation of what henchmen right. mean to the boss who's in charge. And you're like, what? why are you dealing with this in this movie? And I'll say this movie it's it's quite long and it's it's a little overstuffed. Yes. I think it has almost too many ideas that mm. it tries to run yes. through, and it feels a little bit overstuffed. But it's very it's it it doesn't suffer for lack of ideas. I'll say that. Yeah, for for a movie I had no expectations going into. You know, it's like oh, this Zero. seems like a good couple movie. We'll throw it on on Friday to see how it is. I was really impressed. The two Emmas do steal the show. It definitely feels like Disney's trying to like make this their Harley Quinn, I feel like. Right. You know, oh, totally. sure. I get real big vibes I for guess. that. <laughs> I got, what does that mean, Mike? It's like she shows up in the crossover with Maleficent and then right. they're all like, you know, doing bad guy stuff together. Yeah. I mean, she's straddling that anti-hero villain line where it's like, you know, where do they go from here? Because there's like an after the credit scene that kind of sets up the 101 Dalmatians so they could make a sequel. I can't even believe you're saying that. That's, that is a yeah. wild sentence. The Cruella right? post-credit scene. Yeah. The post-credit scene in Cruella okay. does <laughs> successfully set up 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> right. But, but it's like, I don't gonna, know if they can gonna, make this. They're going to set up the spooky squad. Uh, the spooky yeah. I would love that. Maybe. You know, uh, Scar and and Jafar, Jafar, yes, Cruella, and they're all gonna go to Mickey's clubhouse and burn it down. It'll be called Villains with a very stylized logo. Yes, (laughs) you know. I mean, why not? Yeah, why not? If they're all as as good as this movie, then you know, I'm not. I would. Hey, that's the thing. It when again, we've had so many conversations where it's like the Lion King remake. But Jungle Book, you know, it's and you're just doing this balance. I don't know what we want Disney to do. It's like, do you want another like, like, would you want, would you want a movie that's like Ryan Gosling is Gaston from his point of view? Like, again, <laughs> right. that sounds ludicrous. Right. 
Well, yeah. I feel a little more trust. I don't want. It's I don't like, want any of it. I'll be honest. I don't want any of that. I but would you never saw the Jungle Book or Lion King? Hated right. Aladdin. They're good. I, I just uh, don't it's care. Good. Aladdin's Aladdin. not good. A billion dollars, Joe. Remakes. But if they're going to make, you know, if they're going to make remakes and, and reboots and stuff, would you rather a straight up adaptation like the Lion King, or it's just like we're turning this cartoon live action and we're not really changing no. anything about it, or do you rather have a more original take like this, where it's like using the same character names, but it's totally different and they actually have some kind of originality in it. I would kind of prefer this take, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's a way to refresh their IP and the character, do something new. And it, it's something that stands on its own because if you give me two versions of Aladdin, I will throw the Will Smith one in the garbage and I will always watch the animated one. Right. So at right. Least this is something on its own. But would you watch the Jafar prequel? No, would you do this? Would you put on Cruella and then follow it up with the Glenn Close 101 live action Dalmatians? Is that what we're supposed to do now? I don't understand this. We're going to have well, I don't think debates you can even watch order now. Yeah. And the Dalmatian I don't even think of it as the universe. same character because it's just so different. And it's like, you can't convince me that the original character was anything but a villain who wanted to murder a bunch of puppies right. to make a coat. Right. So, yeah. But you know, I guess. It's a clever twist on it. <laughs> I kept yeah, calling right. it so puppy they're, killer origins. They're going to make a comic book where we'll find out that there are three Cruellas and they each have two stinks. There's the animated one, the Glenn Close one, and then Emma Stone, and they all have their own origin stories. Right, written by and Jeff. They all Gunn. come together in the Cruella verse. <laughs> yeah, the 100, 104 the, the Dalmatians. This a, time oh, it's personal. A stitch in yes. time in the universe. Yeah. Well. I, yeah, if if you haven't seen it, the problem is you have to pay. You know, it's like a Disney premium thing. It might be free now. I'm not sure when the window closes, but that's another reason some people didn't check it out. I think it's usually a couple months. So it's probably um, still in the pay window. I I have one that was not on your guys' list, Please. but is free. Uh, the the third Conjuring movie, The Devil Made Me Do It. Oh, sure. Um, Loves it. Is on HBO The Devil Max Made Me Do It, you mean. free. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly uh well yeah okay (laughs) true yes um yeah yeah well nothing's free jacob (laughs) um so i we watched the the third conjuring and then went back and watched the entire conjuring universe um i i would love to cover that come spooky season um they're all on HBO Max or Netflix, depending on uh, how you how you go about it. Um, and I'll tell you, I had skipped some of those before. Go watch them if you've never seen some of the Annabelle movies, because um, like two of the Annabelle movies, I think, are two of the strongest movies in the Conjuring series. Wow. Um, I have not seen the third many one. It was pretty series. good. I was here for it. Yeah. No, one night we like. You know, it was the night the third one came out. We watched the third one, and then it was like, all right, well, we haven't seen two of the three Annabelles, never saw the nun, didn't see this one. So, like, we went through and watched um, all of them. And yeah, come spooky season, that might be something that I try to get you guys to do an episode on because it's a pretty interesting universe. And the third Conjuring movie um, ties together pieces from from all of them. It was, I was surprised how well they had. Uh, put this all together with basically throwaway lines, but still to, to do that over the course of these different movies and different filmmakers, hmm. I was, uh, I was pretty impressed. 
God, now, Beto, this third one, kind of middling reviews. Can I give you my problem with it? Is that there was never a moment in the film where they put the devil on the stand and said, Now, Mr. Devil, sir, <laughs> uh, let me cross-examine you for a minute. Did you That's make the... him do it or not? Yes, yes, I did. You're right. <laughs> right. It comes down to free will versus uh, determinism. It reminded me a lot of the... The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I think that's oh, yeah. what sure. I compare it to. Sure, sure, most, sure. Which was a Scott Dickerson movie back in the day. Because um, it's like, I don't know, it's 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 not a haunt. It's not the, the superhero Warrens going to a haunted house. It's more like trying to get this kid off a murder rap because he didn't do nothing. The devil made him do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets like into like a cult and there's you know, essentially like a super villain in it. So it, it, it flies off the rails a little bit, but it fits in well with the rest of the series. And it inspired me to go watch some of the other ones that I had skipped before. That's awesome. That's definitely a franchise where I, you know, I have to catch up. I haven't seen a lot of the movies in that franchise, but I have never seen one. I, I am guilty of completely. Yeah. Sleeping on the entire conjuring universe. So I think come spooky season, I will absolutely binge them. And catch up because I haven't seen it. I feel yet. like there's Look, there's too many movies in that universe now. We got too. four episodes. Yeah, yeah. We, got, we got four episodes. We can cover the franchise in one of the episodes, right? right? Yeah, I mean, La La Rona. We've got spinoffs with Annabelle. Annabelle and uh, talk about the Nun. The Nun. I think Anything the Nun is like the one that I've seen, and I didn't like that. Oh, movie you've much. seen the bad one. <laughs> oh, that's the you've seen the worst one. <laughs> I've seen Thor: The I Dark guess World. So yeah, <laughs> that's the only I movie. always meant to watch the, the main <laughs> yeah. Conjuring movies. I always meant to watch them, but I just never Figured got it. around to it. I guess so. I like James Wan, so yeah. Um, I don't want to get too much into it since it was like only on my list, but I do want to tease that out. Like, if you're a fan of that series. I'm definitely going to try to get these guys to cover with me uh, for for Spooky Season, which is our favorite great season. love stories. The cinematic it. Ed and Lorraine Warren are amazing couple. Do not look up the actual Ed and Lorraine Warren, who were, oh, again, like, the uh, only people in the world, Jacob, who were certified by the church to do what they do. And most of their exorcisms basically ended with, all right, you gay, off to the gay conversion camp to get the oh, ghost boy. out of you. And you're like, no. Oh, no. And that yeah. is exactly. Uh, there is a documentary yeah. on the them wave. on uh, Discovery Plus, so an- another app. And we watch that too, and boy, oh boy, the differences between uh, the 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 superheroes that they are in the movie and and the like homely oh, yeah. haters they are in real life is pretty pretty interesting. Yeah. But they're great superheroes. They're they're out there fighting the devil. So, Somebody has to. If you want a bunch of like, Christian all. propaganda, that's <laughs> <a little laughs> the Bible man team up, you know? <laughs> please, yeah. please, Crossover. Speaking of the devil making us do it, let's stay with demons for a second and ghoulies and, and some other supernatural darkies. Jacob, you've been watching an incredibly relevant TV show. Yes. And, you know, I meant I foreshadowed it at the top. You know, obviously we had the Zack Snyder, Joss Whedon debate. And mm. this is probably, you know, one of the worst times to start watching a show like this, but I'd never really seen it before. So I decided, you know what? It's on Amazon Prime. 
I'm going to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? Mm. Joss Whedon's big first show that, you know, launched him into, you know, superstardom of nerd culture in the 2000s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's a shame that, you know, obviously he's a bad person. We know from many sources about this, right? But he is a talented writer. And uh, I have to say, Buffy and Angel, its spinoff, are really good, entertaining shows. And, uh... You know, just think about all the other people that work on it. That's how I kind of, uh, you know, rationalize it to myself that, you know, I'm supporting everyone that worked on this as work. But Mm -hmm. it's a it's a really good show. And uh, you look at a lot of these CW shows, right? The Flash, Angel or Arrow, uh, all these, you know, the, the Arrowverse shows, even with something like obviously Supernatural, Smallville. It's all very influenced by Buffy. Buffy kind of created the format for these shows and really perfected Hmm. it and so all these shows are super indebted to to buffy and angel and i didn't realize that before because i'd never really kind of watched it i've seen random episodes back when i was younger but i never got into it as a series and so now i've just been binging it and it's great wow and you're making it sound like really 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 good i have never caught it mike have you ever caught it no i've never seen buffy think the only other person joe huge buffy fan yes yeah no i have done the entire series uh and angel so when we found out that joss whedon was going to be directing the avengers i had never seen any of his stuff so i was like okay this is the guy who's gonna be in charge of the avengers i'm gonna watch his claim to fame did buffy did angel since then i've seen the series i couldn't tell you how many times Big up, you're a thousand percent right. It really nails that format, does it in an interesting, surprising way. Uh, Even the spinoff, like the further you get into it, the more you get invested into these other characters that have like their own superpowers. So yeah, big old fan. Uh, Hmm. Definitely like the monster of the week stuff and the like long going stuff. So right. And that's the thing is uh, Buffster. Yeah, it starts out, there's a lot of uh, Monster of the Week episodes. It gets more serialized as it goes on. It gets a lot darker as she gets older, and it expands on its own lore and mythology so much that it expands. All these characters come back, like, they'll have a character that was in the pilot, a minor character, come back as, like, a big arc later on. Like, they do that all the time. Or they'll have a character that originated on Buffy show up on Angel and have a whole character arc on that show. So it's really well written. And, um, you know, I never got into it when I was younger. I was into Firefly uh, back in the early 2000s, obviously. Mm-hmm. I was a big uh, sci-fi fan. So I was like, oh, Space Western, sign me up. Um, but Buffy kind of started airing when I was a little bit younger. So it was a little before my time. Uh, and I just never got into it. Maybe because, you know, it's named after a girl. You know, back when I was younger, I was probably like, oh, that doesn't sound like, you know, it's for me. But... That's, you know, obviously that's stupid, but it's just a really good show. And I would recommend anyone who wanted a long show that they could binge for, you know, months, uh, check out Buffy and Angel because that's like 12 seasons between them right there. So nice. You really put Sarah Michelle Gellar on the map, right? Yeah. And she's a really good actress. Like, you know, if people ever try to underestimate her, like. The Ring, right? What what, what horror movie was she in? Scooby Doo. Uh, She was uh, The Grudge. The Grudge. The Grudge. The other kid. She was in uh, her hair. Yeah, yeah, I know what you did last summer series mm-hmm. and uh, and Scooby Doo, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It all started with Buffy. That's right, yeah. and she's a she's a very good actress, and there's yeah, some like episodes her. that really highlight her acting 
in the show. And there's and a lot of characters, a lot of actors would go on to do things. You know, Eliza Dushku shows up and Seth Green is a main character for like two seasons. And well, you're you know, a huge these... Bones fan now. You love David Boreanaz. That's right. David yeah. Boreanaz. He's great as Angel. He's not like the best actor in the world, but he's perfect for like the dark and brooding vampire with a soul. He nails that character. Yes. And the, the Buffy Angel romance is like, I can only describe it as like epic, like season two. <laughs> Heck it's yeah. it's the original Twilight, right? It's the the Edward and uh, Bella, God but damn you. God but damn you. better, I think. Yeah, I hate you. Well, it's a per- Jacob, it's such have a perfect. You seen, um, have you seen the Jeremy Renner arc? Yes, on yes. What? So yeah, random sh- actors will show up before they were famous. Like Amy Adams was just in oh. an episode of Buffy. I watch as a, like a minor character. I'm like, oh, what's up, Amy Adams? Um, Jeremy Renner, yeah, it's it's hilarious who shows up sometimes. Does he have more to do the in the Buffy verse or the Avengers universe? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you, Mike? <laughs> we ask the hard questions. Yeah, I would say pretty much maybe the same amount, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's there. Yeah, it's, it's 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 always surprising to see who will show up, and uh, it's it, and it just builds on its world so well and expands some of these characters. And gives them such surprising arcs that you won't, you know, awesome. never to, see coming. To a conversation. Pedro Pascal, one-off episode. Yep, yep. Whoa. Oh, I'd like it, to see that. It's like watching Star Trek. You just keep seeing people. Like, oh, hey. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> in the same way Jacob's talking about Star Trek in the past and sort of got me into it. He's it, we'll, we'll hang out. He's talking about Buffy. I am watching Legends of Tomorrow, the CW show right now. You know, at mm-hmm. the same time he's watching this. Again, when he says the parallels to this format, I just I just want our listeners to think about what Joss Whedon created. You know, the idea that on the show Buffy, people use the term big bad. Who is the big bad of the right. arc? You know, a recurring villain. He mm-hmm. can't. The Scooby gang. Okay, you know, get rid of Scoob in there. The idea of a gang of characters that right. are like, we're this we're close. This is how characters. we talk. We're an ensemble of weirdos. Yeah. You know, I watch my Legends of Tomorrow with my Cockney-speaking blonde guy who's the outsider of the crew, John Constantine, a.k.a. Spike, you know, on, on Buffy. And it's, right. it is it is this sick mirror of, you know, years of work by production companies going, how do we catch that lightning again? And Jake and I were joking totally. about it so much that to the aforementioned James Cameron – you know, I concocted this entire silly story I was telling Jacob of, well, I guarantee this is how something went one time. The two guys who worked on Alien movies, you know, Joss Whedon wrote Alien Resurrection, James Cameron made Aliens, maybe they were at a con, maybe they start talking about wanting to make TV. It's like, you know, James Cameron's Dark Angel that aired on Fox, you know, that made Jessica Alba is a Buffy remake. You know, that's that's what I'm saying. Right. Jacob looks it up. That's the truth. It's literally that the studio would do things where they're, they're like, we want the, a yeah. Buffy model. We want a female-led right. action series that hits A, B, and C. And that's, you know, other studios looked at that and said, well, I can just make that sexy. You know, let's just take the guys out of it and we'll just do Charmed. We'll have three of these broads. Or, you know, right. we'll, we'll do. And it's just and- this formula. Joe, your favorite show, Supernatural, is just them going, let's just have guys do Buffy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, Supernatural it's, is exactly like, like Buffy, You basically. just do it. <laughs> well, Tom, let me tell it's you insane. this. So, like, 
you know, Buffy is like Flash or the Arrow, where it's like there's a main sure. superhero, which is Buffy, and then it's a supporting team that does all the science and research behind it or the magic in this universe. But they do the work. Uh, and then Angel is like Legends of Tomorrow, where it's more of an ensemble. And it starts as, you know, he basically Angel is Batman in Los Angeles helping people. And then <laughs> as later He's seasons Arrow. go on, he kind of gets an ensemble team around him of different crime fighters and, and stuff. And so it literally is like Legends and it'll be spinoff. You know, it'll be Captain Cold coming over from the Flash to be, you know, a big part of Legends. So, so they'll have, so have Faith show up or, uh, or, or Cordelia Chase, who's like a minor, you know, the, the, the popular girl in Buffy who, who be, has a whole different arc on Angel and becomes a totally different character. So um, it really started all of that. And uh, it's funny because, you know, you know, obviously Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, was a movie first. And it was the first, I think, first screenplay that Joss Whedon sold, but he didn't direct it. Yeah. And he was so unhappy with how that turned out that he, you know, pitched as a TV show. And it started as a mid-season replacement. So the first season only had 12 episodes. And it became such a you know phenomenon that it got its own spinoff. It went on for seven seasons. So it made him. It's, yeah. it's the reason it, we all put up with Joss Whedon for <laughs> so long, Jacob. Right, and and to think about you know how when the Firefly was in the early two thousands, like Joss Whedon really is responsible for a lot of nerd culture of the two thousands for the last twenty years. And so it's kind of hard to to separate him from that. But it's like you know. It's true. And obviously, we go on to make the Avengers. And if you just compare again to Zack Snyder's uh, DC movies versus, you know, Joss Whedon's Avengers, which kind of set the formula for the, you know, funny quips, you know, with, you know, with different, you know, drama elements and action mixed in. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to see how, you know, things turned out. Yeah, absolutely. Especially like if we stay on this train and, you know, keep going through the Whedon kind of influence thing to, you know, the new Disney Plus stuff. We have Loki. Did we all check out the first episode yeah, of Loki so far right. again? And, you know, introduce the bad the guy yeah. in Joss Whedon's Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. Here he is. That's he gets right. his own TV show, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Um, first episode, so we all saw it. I, I think it's it's awesome. I think Owen Wilson's great. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I can't wait to see where it goes. Joe, what, what are your thoughts on it? I was really pleasantly surprised. You know, like, I when the Disney Plus stuff started... I was most excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Those are the characters that I like the most. Uh, turns out that's been the worst of these so far. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I think the Disney Plus shows really work to like highlight characters that maybe you weren't a fan of before. And I know a lot of people were Loki fans before, but now I get where that appeal comes from. I thought the pilot was great. A lot of exposition, but like... I'm glad we set it all up because we only get so many episodes with these big budget shows. I mean, they were saying stuff that was just like blowing my mind out the gate, like the multiverse war. Like, okay, yeah, this right. is all happening. It's canon In a throwaway orientation video. Like, that multiverse war, moving on. Hi there, Mike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, right. Wait a and the idea want... that, so, the, the, you know, these timekeepers have been around this whole time. And then even when they talk about Endgame and they say, well... Oh, what about the Avengers traveling through time? Well, that was supposed to happen according to the sacred timeline. You being, you know, you Loki being out of time is not supposed to happen. And I think it's interesting that they're taking the, it's it's the Loki from the first Avengers. So it's not the Loki that's gone through a lot of character growth in, you know, the Thor movies, Thor Ragnarok and everything. Yeah. And then obviously Wild. dies in Endgame. So this is like a earlier version of Loki who's got to kind of go through that growth again. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah, so that's kind of the premise is he's out of time and he gets captured by the time police basically and um, kind of pulled into this whole plot. Colin, you were talking a little bit about, and we, you know, Jacob as well, Zack Snyder's kind of vision of the DC stuff. I was talking while we were watching this. I was like, yeah, if this was like Zack Snyder, it would be like, welcome to hell prison. It's, it's fucking yeah. hell down here, right? Everything yeah. skulls. Yeah, but like, this is like, it's fun and it's upbeat. It kind of has a Soviet kind of Cold War vibe. It's- it does. He's it's not Jasta. Doctor Who. That's the main thing to me. Because it could it could so easily be wibbly wobbly. Oh Loki, can you believe that you know Doctor mm-hmm. Caesar walked through the no 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 like like bottle that all up. Inspector it is still it, it's still the MCU. It's not <laughs> we're not doing Doctor Space Time. It's you know, again, Joe said the Falcon and the Winter Soldier stuff. To me, Loki the only thing it's dangerous to is goddamn Black Widow, which is turning into a pressure cooker to me, where all this other stuff is coming out in that universe that is so weird, so exciting, so new, so interesting. And you're like, well, we still got the cool grounded military stuff. And it's like, oh, I didn't I didn't like that last time you did that. And they're like, you don't? Because we have the female-led one over here that's been gestating right. for a really long time that, like, it's just getting older and looking worse. You're well, like, I oh, think- no. Yeah, and that's why, you know, maybe Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the worst one so far because it's the least, like, original idea. Like, WandaVision was such an original idea, and then the time stuff in this one, it's like they're trying different things. That one just felt more of, like, a um, continuation of some some of the Captain America movies, but it doesn't, it didn't have, like, it didn't bring that same kind of originality to it. And Black Widow, I think the thing that, it doesn't look great to me so far, but it is, you know, the director is the uh, same person who made WandaVision. So that kind of makes me think that it will be good, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. 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 Kind of echoing what Colin was mentioning earlier. It's going to be too. weird oh, seeing a new, um, I'm sorry. It's just, it's going to be weird seeing a new MCU movie. Like it's not yeah. a TV yeah. show. You're not going to have all that time with these characters who you didn't really have before. Like, Black Widow's been around since Iron Man 2. We know her really well. Now we're going to go on a two and a half hour adventure with her. I don't know how well that's going to land compared to like, oh, here's eight hours with Wanda and Vision. Yes. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what I want, was going to lead into. It, perfect segue, Joe, is like the Wanda and Vision, as I said, characters I did not care about whatsoever. And then that show made me invested. Loki. Couldn't give two shits about the puny god, right? That was the only thing yep. I remember is he got he got beat by, you know, um, Hulk, and that was funny. But now, like, I'm invested in this character and Tom Hiddleston's performance and the whole kind of predicament he's in of having to watch his life and realize that, you know, like I said, it's like determinism versus free will, you know, and he has to grapple with, do I have free will at all? Are these guys legit? What can I do? It's an interesting premise, and I'm excited to see where it goes. And I was, again, not expecting it, much like Cruella. Did not care at all, but now I kind of do. Turns out, yeah. So I, I, I don't know. It's it's very intriguing. Um, I do have a question though. If they're saying the Avengers were supposed to go back in time and do the Infinity Stones and beat Thanos, kind of takes away the rewatch, knowing that there's no danger. Because if they fail, would the time cops just come in and put a reset mine down? Oh, that's interesting, right? It's like hmm. so nothing had any stakes then. If that's what they're selling, unless. The three space lizards are bullshit, you know? I mean, that kind of feels like the drama of the entire show, though. Like, you mm-hmm. just you said, like, what Loki is so afraid of with the, the existence of the timekeepers, right? Like, 
there any point to any of this anymore. Like yeah. that's why he has that moral quandary right away. Like, I, I don't know. I'm here for existential questions oh, yeah. in my superhero content. And I feel like yeah. we're getting that with these new shows. And what I like about the first episode so far is that a lot of it is just Loki sitting in that room with Owen Wilson, just talking about like, you know, free will versus, you know, uh, you know, determinism and like all this stuff. And it's like, and then the setup for the, for the, for the series seems to be like, Oh, it's kind of like a silence of the lands. We need to catch this other guy yeah. using your expertise. And then it's like, Very Oh, good. but it's you or something. So we'll see how that goes. But, uh, I'm definitely, you know, into it. I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Again, like uh, WandaVision is like basically a show about like trauma and mental health. And now this is a show about an existential crisis, right? Meanwhile, yeah. Falcon yeah. and Soldier was a military show. Yeah. <laughs> it uh, doesn't have to dealt with some social themes. Not going to undersell it, but you know. Yeah. One other thing I wanted to mention is that the time cops in this remind me a lot of uh, Umbrella Academy, the, uh, sure, like the sure. hitmen in that. It's very similar kind of bureaucracy type of thing right yeah absolutely and uh, i can't i can't remember the actress's name but she was in um lovecraft country and she was great in that the main kind of time cop she she's uh, yeah. very, very fun in this yeah yeah good stuff for the old um disney plus still doing you know really good Doesn't stuff with these series yeah, disney absolutely. making everything that you want to see <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Jeez, right? they own it all. I watched the Mandalorian behind the scenes video today, and it's like, again, it's like MCU stuff. John Favreau, Iron Man, hanging out, like pushing that in a direction, and it's all spinning off of that singularity point that is, wow, for better or yeah. worse, out of Joss Whedon. But I think it's a lot about the people involved beyond that, like Jacob said, and you know those people totally. have just as big of a hand in what is the most collaborative art form, yeah, film. Uh, speaking of film, anything else we want to touch on uh, on these shows or movies or anything? Or do we kind of want to move on, maybe chat some videos and uh, maybe comic books? Anything else we've been reading before we get to... Uh... No. I no. want to hear about that PS5, Mike. Let's get talking <laughs> video games and more when we get back. back it's 200 years in the future <laughs> the world is a desolate wasteland all other life is dead and still i cannot get a ps5 because i haven't gone over to mike's house our only friend who still has managed to get one this is it this is a controller if you're watching i'm not uh, lying um sad truths everybody i do have the ps5 um but there's only one game for it and it's called demon souls and that came out on the PS3 in 2009. Um, That's so, right. Yeah, I mean, the PS5, uh, it's, it's holding down the papers. There are going to be some games coming out. Ratchet and Clank just I was again, I'm literally about to ask that. Ratchet yeah. and Clank, are you going I, like, I got to get that. I got to. I'm interested. I just haven't had time uh, yet. That's like an exclusive I want to check out. Final Fantasy Remake just got an expansion, but i kind of got cold feet about that because I think I'm kind of mad that that's only for the five, Mike. Yeah, yeah, and I don't appreciate the business model on that, so I don't even know if I want to give them my twenty bucks. So the PS5 has been kind of sitting, but I have been really locked into Resident Evil Eight lately. That's why I haven't tried Ratchet and Clank yet because the new Resident Evil has really kind of captured my attention for. The you last have that few weeks. for PS5 or for PC? I could have gone PS5, but I got it for PC. I guess. 
God. I know. I feel terrible. I should have bought $500 worth of AMC. Where would I be right now? Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Or Dogecoin. Yeah, any of it, right? But um, there's some stuff going to come out you know, down the road, Returnal and things like that. But mostly Resident Evil 8, which has been awesome, a.k.a. Big Mama's House. Um, <laughs> you started a speed run. Um, I, I was watching the video. Run. I didn't get to catch it live the other day, but I was kind of clicking through the other day. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Or are you liking speed running that? So, yeah, I don't want to spoil the plot and because I think it's a game everyone should play, right? So, you know, um, as a casual playthrough, it's awesome. Play it on the hardest difficulty first because it's just enough, like, tension and resources where, like, I was getting out of boss fights on hardcore with, like, only my handgun or sometimes just the knife. Like, I was just out wow. of ammo, barely getting by all the way to the final boss. So it's, like, the right amount of resources that they're giving you versus what you need. Mm. Um, so good well, tension. So here's my question, right? So, you know, you're doing speed runs now. So with a new game like this, is there like a world record or it's like constantly being Mm. beat by, you know, new people finding new strategies for this new game to like make it a couple seconds shorter or what? So what's the, uh, you know, what's going on? Mike was doing exploits the other day. He was already going through walls and stuff. I was like, I didn't really have this figured out already. Do you watch other, you watch like the current world record to see how they did it and then try to replicate that? Yeah, generally, um, when these games, especially popular series like Resident Evil come out, there'll be a Discord community of speedrunners, and then Uh, they'll kind of be swapping secrets in the early weeks of the game's release, and then a couple weeks after, they set the rules, and then they'll officially accept submissions. So um, they just kind of swap secrets, so I was doing any percent glitches, so I was able to go out of bounds. There's a couple out of bounds skips where you throw a pipe bomb at your foot when you're in a doorway. It'll push uh, you through the door frame, and all of a sudden you're and out. He of would bounds. like unlock doors on the other side. He was like a monster, like a trans-dimensional. Wow. Yeah, demon. so you go outside of the dimension, you unlock a door, and then you walk back, phase through the wall, and then you can kind of sequence <laughs> break because you don't have to go get that key. Right, it saves you about yeah, forty-five bullshit. seconds. But um, well, and you have some uh, experience yeah. with with Resident Evil, like the three remake, right? Doing some speed runs of that. Three remake, yeah, I speed ran as well. Got that to like forty-five minutes. Completely different game because this is first person, but uh, very enjoyable. The thing with Resident Evil speedruns is they're not like very stressful because generally when you do them, at least on New Game Plus, you have the strongest weapons and everything dies in one hit. So you're never at risk right. of dying. It's really just remembering where to get the key. And, you know, so it's, it's actually kind of relaxing to run Resident Evil games, depending on the category mm-hmm. you pick. So... They're spooky to play through on hardcore. But, I was terrified. This, but but Mike, this kind of takes me back to our Loki conversation of predestination, all this stuff. In your mind, aren't you just filled with the map of, I have to do this moment next, followed by this, followed by this. That would not make me relax, buddy. That would very much take <laughs> video gaming away That's, from me. Sounds very tense. Yes. The idea is this took me eight hours the first time, but now I did it in an <laughs> hour and 45 minutes. It's like getting good wow. at the laundry. Yeah. That is an hour 43. My target was between 145 and 150. So I actually beat my target for a first run. Okay. Uh, I'm world clapping. record. I'm thank clapping you. over here. The world records is like a min- an hour 23 right now. So I'm about mm. 20 minutes That's slower amazing. than they are, which is crazy. 20 minutes to go. Maybe you yeah, got this. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know how you'll shave that. That seems insane. It's wild. Yeah. But it, it's tough when you want to use the bathroom. I think an hour is maybe my limit. I don't <laughs> think I'll, I'll push games longer than this because if you fuck up near the end, then it's like, oh, man, I got to start all over. Why did that. I do all this? Yeah. Can you pause it? 
if you got to use the bathroom, you, you can, can pause, pause it, it and go for up to five minutes back. maximum total. Oh, okay, yeah. there's yes. those sort of rules, but it's an excellent game, um, and I highly recommend it on any system you can get it. It's very spooky. It has a lot of interesting level design, environments, puzzles, and um, I've heard good things. Yeah, it, it's cool. You got big I, women. Yeah, you like that too, and that's the tip of the iceberg um, as far as what this game has to offer, as far as like variety of locale and. It's oh, almost right. playing with mad. different genres. There's like different genres of horror in it, I would say, and it's very cool. That's cool. Yep. Um, other than that, on the speedrunning thing, somebody beat my Bushido Blade 2 world records, and I've been taking them back one by one. And Ooh, I, have, nice. I have one left. Um, so that's just a, a footnote that I'm almost... The king is back, baby. And that's it. There you go. You're a record holder. That's right. Check that's out right. Mike's Twitch, as always. Um, Mbasa Mufasa. That's right. We'll put it in the old, the old comments. We'll be running either Resident Evil or Bushido Blade 2 uh, whenever I'm around. But that's an, I feel to like distract I've traveled him too while much. He's doing these, uh, no, try to distract him while he's doing these speed runs. He's that's out of bounds clips. Get into yeah. those chats and say. Yeah, make him mess up an hour into the run. I get so really distracted when you give me 10,000 bits. <laughs> yeah. If you give me 10,000 bits, I'll get distracted. But yeah. That's um, it for, for me. I've just been, uh, obviously, I've been playing Minecraft with Colin on our server. Oh, and then yeah. uh, I've been, I got Red Dead Redemption 2 on PC, which I originally played on PS4. So I'm kind of replaying that. And that's just a chill game that you can play. And, uh, you know, I'll just go out hunting for a couple days in game. And, you know, I can throw, uh, you know, podcasts on or, or a show on my other monitor. I've been watching a lot of playoff nba playoffs so i throw that on my other monitor i just kind of chill and, and hunt for those perfect skins and try to unlock every uh you know trapper outfit because yeah. i'm ocd like that oh heck yeah. yeah i can officially announce on here it is over minecraft country has come to a close our beautiful server is gone it is now cowboy times <laughs> i'll definitely out. no i'll still Take be into all over the cowboy life i've now. just been uh, into that recently but i'll probably get over it after a while and uh Minecraft is forever. You know? Minecraft is forever, baby. dude. <laughs> Heck yeah. that's, that's what your tattoo says. Tramp stamp. I mean, our, 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 you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is just such a... Uh, I think it's an all-time great game. And as far as an immersive open world, I think it's one of the best. And it's crazy that that came out on last gen because the graphics still hold up. I mean, it still looks amazing. It might not be as technically you know, impressive as some of these PS5 games, but it still looks really good. And uh, yeah, it's a fun, it's a chill game to play. Yeah, yeah. Red Dead's great. Joe, what about you, though? Playing, reading anything, Joe? uh, Yeah, no, I've knocked a game off my bucket list. I think every time we've talked about Star Wars, which on this podcast has been about a third of the episodes, (laughs) um, (laughs) I've always brought up the Fallen Order game, um, yeah, I was finally able to pick it up on sale and play through it. Uh, incredibly difficult for a casual video game fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took me a minute to get through it, but uh, I really enjoyed it, man. It was like um, it was an Indiana Jones game with a uh, Star Wars skin. I mean, you are hunting for artifacts. You're following, uh, you know, treasure maps. Um so I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked the character of Cal Kestis. I thought the the final non-fight boss fight was pretty fun. Um, and I'm excited to see where they go with that universe. I think they'll definitely make a sequel at some point. The door is always open, obviously, with Star Wars content. So 
I would like to see Cal Kestis come back. I wouldn't mind seeing him pop up in the Obi-Wan show even. I mean, I would like to see that character uh, more in, in Star Wars. So I hope they do bring him in. Uh, and then, yeah, there is a new comic I've been reading. There's a new run of Nightwing. And uh, yeah, the new Nightwing run from Tom Taylor has been pretty great. Uh, mm. We're like four issues into that now. So if you're looking for a new comic, I would check that out. But yeah, Fallen Order, super old, but I really recommend it. I got it for 20 bucks oh. during May the 4th. Oh, People yeah. are still talking about it. Now, Joe, ranking of Star Wars video games. If Shadow of the Empire is your 10, because this kind of sounds like Uncharted. You know, you, you like this sort of game style. You know, if, yeah. if number one's like, what are we saying? It's like... That dance game with the the Star Wars characters, right? Solo. That came out for the yeah. Wii or whatever. Yeah, where yeah. where are you where are you putting this bad boy? Uh, I would put it at like a seven. Um, if you're a Dark Souls fan, I, I would see this definitely being a ten for mm-hmm. you. But the combat, like, it's pretty brutal. Um, and like, you know, there's a place for that. But like, for me, a Star <laughs> Wars video game that's an action adventure story driven game necessarily isn't that especially when there's a lot of like platforming involved and it's like if I'm doing like a double jump and then I'm running on a wall and then catching a rope and I can't catch the rope, it just like kills the flow of the story for me. So I was, uh, you know, I mean, granted I didn't play it on like the easiest mode. I played it on like a blah, 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 but Mm -hmm. it was still a little intense. Yeah, that was when I was playing it. That was kind of the hardest part for me, like the combat, the Soulsborne type combat. I have a little experience in that, and I didn't find that super difficult compared to like Dark Souls and stuff, which are, um, you know, even harder. But uh, the hardest part for me in those games was the platforming and the puzzling. And some of those maps are so large that I would just literally get lost and be like, "Wait, did I?" I would just backtrack a million times, and be like, "Was I in this section already?" Uh, kind of going in circles at points. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first planet. Like, and the thing is, you go back and forth to planets a handful of times. The first planet, when I left it, I had explored 84% of it. And you go back to that planet two more times. Right, right. Uh, and there's all kinds of cosmetics you can find. I did not try to 100% that game because I was like, I'm not going to try to get all these secret cosmetics and stuff. But it was it's it's, it's a good story much. and it's fun to play through for sure. Yeah. Mm. Star Wars. New Game Plus doesn't give you all of your uh, Jedi abilities either. So I was uh, like... Oh, I'll do a new game plus and I'll try to like find more of the trophies and stuff. Nope. You start your all skill over. tree starts over. And I was like, well, that's just a yeah. fucking new game then. That's not a new game plus. No, no, no. That's going to yeah, affect the speed run route. And you don't even keep the double sided lightsaber and everything. No, you don't get any of it. Wow. No, so that was kind of majorly frustrating. Come on. But man. it was fun. You know, not a bad, uh, not a bad 20 bucks on May the 4th. Now, Mike, uh, Dark Souls got invoked. Do you want to scream about Elden Ring for 20 seconds? Will yeah. allow. Yeah, let me just go get a button-up shirt, put it on, and then rip <laughs> the buttons free real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it, it exists. Mike's free. Yeah, right. It exists. Hey, um, it exists. That's that's good enough news. <laughs> Jacob, what was it your looks like? A, 
Well, it just it looks like Dark Souls with a horse, That's right? right? I mean, it looks very it's very <laughs> exciting software. I mean, they're not breaking the mold or anything. It doesn't look like. I mean, maybe there'll be more no, of a story no. with with George R. R. Martin con- contributing to the the storytelling, and maybe you'll have more fleshed out story. But hold, hold on, Jacob, are you trying to say it looks like a silent, you know, loner in a mythological world overrun with some sort of demonic presence that's sort of on descript? I, I don't know yeah. if that sounds like from software. Yeah, a right? little bit. I just hope that I won't have to find out, you know the story from like item descriptions you know um mm. nothing not that there's anything wrong with that kind it's of the uh, best type of storytelling passive storytelling that yeah. your brain is picking up in the background as you read receipts you know sure. you're gonna have to read those receipts my dude it's you george r he can't even write a chapter right now <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, like, here are my breadcrumbs miyazaki oh and do what right. you can um, no, no, it, it should be interesting. It's going to be interesting. Dark Souls for the horse. You know, we'll see how the mounted combat factors in. It's allegedly, not allegedly, it's been said that it's going to be more open world, right? So there's going to be a large open map. Open world Dark Souls. And you'll be kind of oh. encountering mobs in the world. There'll be a day and night cycle. So the mechanics of a Souls game, but in the kind of, you know, a new, um, you know, played it in a different means. So we'll, we'll see how mm-hmm. those elements mix together with George R. R. Martin's um, kind of world building uh little yeah. salt bay on top of that so but it, it exists and there was just a big interview that went into more detail about the world and stuff and um i'm not going to get into all the details but there's more if you want to find out normie's uh about kind of the gameplay and uh miyazaki did a whole uh, interview with ign just today because it's e3 uh, what a snoozer it was this year <laughs> yeah what a bummer yeah. Square Enix really breaking my heart today, Mike. Yeah, Square um, Enix, Capcom, everyone shit the bed except for the Elden Ring trailer, which I don't think was technically even a part of E3. It was. No, just, I don't think so. I just think on it was its own. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get all the Nintendo news tomorrow. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, if we're just jumping into quote unquote final thoughts here on the Whatcha, the just stuff is. we're looking forward to, you know, last thoughts you wanted to do on the pop culture stuff you talked about today. There's a lot of Nintendo stuff I'm looking forward to, a lot of E3 news. I know we got let down. Hey, we might know a new Smash character by this time tomorrow when this when this episode comes out. Or, you know, we might know some other shit. That's exciting to me. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, as far as this game inside, I don't know what I don't know what is gonna come tomorrow except for um Nintendo. We had Monster Hunter today, that was probably the only good thing that came out today. Yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Yeah. Always I'd- be more. Yeah, uh, it's just, I think, I guess my final thing on this E3 is it was a big snoozer. It obviously didn't happen last year because of the pandemic, and this year it's online. So if all the comments were like 0 out of 10, you know, this is boring, Z, whatever. So I think this is a sign that, like, these kind of conferences are going to be, like, dead. Makes sense. Yeah. No one wants to participate in them. Comic-Con will be next. Comic-Con will last a little bit longer, but it's like Sony doesn't want to fly to a physical location and set up a booth if they can just drop the trailer online. They clearly don't want to show anything exclusive at these events because it's just trailers right. for stuff we already know about. So it's like, right. what's the point? They're going to save that for their own little event. So yeah, I think these are RIP. And uh, yep, sorry. That's <laughs> sorry, E3. Goes. I had yep. some good times back <laughs> in the days, but you know, Mary. F in the chat. But other than that, I guess we can... Uh, Jump into final thoughts on uh, 151, Normies Like Us. We did it. Ooh, heck yeah. <laughs>
We're back, wrapping it up here. Uh, we're at an interesting point. Again, a lot of movies are still coming out. We're still at the point of day and date release. I got to wonder how much further that's going to go. We're seeing these diminishing box office returns now for things like In the Heights. Would that have made more if it was just a movie? Probably. I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. excited about this kind of stuff, guys, because the industry is in this weird, shifting, malleable place, kind of like what we just talked about with E3. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's an exciting time to be a fan of normie stuff. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, with these, uh, you know, same day releases like Dune is still coming out later this year and it's going to be, I think, coming out on HBO Max at the same time. You know, now that things are starting to open up, maybe that would be better if it just came out in theaters. It would probably do. I think they're, they haven't made an announcement on Dune yet, Jacob. I think they're quietly waiting to pull that yeah. away and say, no, 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 no. I will right. not be on your app. Thank you. And that's one I would definitely would like to see in theaters just to get the big screen you know, presentation of it. So I probably will go see that. Anything you guys will see next? Uh, who who ran out to see the Hitman's wife's bodyguard this weekend? Well, Colin, you know I wanted to watch that new Saw movie, Spiral. Oh yeah, Saw. Mm-hmm. It's Jacob. First text. First movie back. Gotta see Spiral: The Book of Saw. Nope. Can't be contained to the sixty-one inch. Right. Not. No, I still want to see that. And then obviously Fast F9. That'll probably be my first theater movie, I think. F9 will be the first back. Suicide mm, Squad, if we're good. Stuff like Black Widow. I mean, again, it's Joe, it's like the comic book stuff. Are you going to race to see the comic book stuff in the movie? It used to be the way that you saw it, right? My thing with Black Widow is like, you know, if I'm going to see that with my wife and we're going to go out to dinner or we're going to have snacks, I'm going to spend more than $30. So I'll just spend the $30 at home to watch Black Widow that way. I'm not a fan of the fanta- Fantastic Beasts and Where to Drive Them. Uh, the, <laughs> nice. what, what the fuck are the car movies? Fast and the Furious. The Furious Nines. The best movies ever. Fast and the Furious. How um, dare you? Vin Diesel's Furious Family. I've never seen any of them, so like, no, that that probably won't be my first one back. I don't know, man. I gotta be honest. Like at this point, I'm thinking like there's got to be something that's coming in the the fall, you know, be- before Spider Man. If not, maybe Spider Man. Does Suicide Squad Joe? Like this summer, I feel that? like there's not. Yeah, if it's gonna be free on the app i already pay for probably like i'll be honest like if if i can watch it it already put in my my eight dollars you take from me a month then i'll do that i don't know i don't know maybe i'm crotchety about it but But, no but again it's gonna take a lot to get me to a theater and the other side of the conversation joe is to go is it worth it is it worth it? If we had, if all four of us had paid, it's not eight fifty. You know, let's keep that in mind. Thirteen dollars, fourteen dollars a piece, and said, "All right, Army of the Dead, you know, show me what you got." I would feel like I lost my mind coming out of that theater. I would be so angry. But the fact that I pay eight bucks a month for Netflix and that I watch that piece of shit, and then I go, "All right, back to Legends of Tomorrow, season four. <laughs> At least I'm right. also still paying for this." It is a soothing, pacifying effect to immediately jump to what you like. Yeah, and Colin, I like, you know, the HBO ones that are included. Those are nice. What I don't like is the Disney Plus pay $30 to see Cruella. Like, I wouldn't have done that by myself. Like, if Mike, if you... Yeah, we got it. So we wanted to watch it, you know... 
Mike sending uh, I, the text, LOL, you guys can watch Cruella if you want. I already paid for it. And then me sitting back, LOL, no way. And then right. watching it and, and loving it, it yeah. Yeah, is yeah. the opposite of it. That is a discovery, Jacob. I would have never paid money to see it. You're right. But it's I'm not I'm not paying $20 to watch it at home either, you bastards. Right. You're mm-hmm. already paying for so. Disney Plus. Well, I'm paying for Disney Plus. And then it adds, so a $30, you know, if you're seeing it, you know, if two people are seeing it at the movies, that's about the same price, right? But, um, you know, it's pretty steep if I'm just watching it by myself. Yeah, it's, it's a high price yeah. for one person. The and other- who are you to say? Poor Pixar studio just going like, oh, we work really hard on these movies. And they're like, yeah, it's going on our app for free, you pieces of shit. It's like, right. that doesn't Soul- make me feel very good. Yeah, and Soul was, was a really good movie, too. Yeah. Uh, the other The other side of the conversation is, like obviously it's more convenient to watch it at home it's more cost effective to watch it at home then it's like so if i go to a movie theater for the big grand experience you know is it like do i really want to go back to sticky floors and people on their cell phones right. and talking right cuz nobody has good theater etiquette anymore no not at all. i still so like the uh I still like the theater experience. I know sometimes it can be bad. You know, there's people, sometimes it's good. It depends on the crowd you're seeing it with. I, you know, before the pandemic started, I used to go to at least like a movie at least once a month in the theaters. Um, You know, and I'd like to get back to that sort of schedule. Did you ever successfully go to a movie and not see somebody on their phone, like in the corner, two rows in front of you? (laughs) Like, yeah, I mean, sometimes sometimes. Yeah. No, my whole philosophy is, how were we ever supposed to follow the rule of wearing masks when people don't turn their phone off to watch something they paid for? It's like that that alone just shows you. Mm -hmm. We're never going to win that fight. So, yeah, yeah, it's the argument that I've been hearing is the way for theaters to survive is in, you know, premium, like a premium theater experience where they really are enforcing the rules, bigger, comfier seats, you know. Right, like uh, an Alamo draft house exactly thing. Like, that's kind of the way to go, because if it's just... Um, you know, the city public transportation that happens to have a screen in front of it. And, you know, it's like, totally. I'll it's just stay in my house. Uh, I'll just stay home, you know? Unless you're going to like a cheap matinee uh, of a movie that came out, you know, a month ago and you can see it in the afternoon for like a couple dollars. Like that's always still a fun experience too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just miss the, the theater experience. I guess I'm just uh, nostalgic for I it. I miss getting drunk in our car beforehand. <laughs> Dumbling yeah. inside, buying food I wouldn't have bought if I was sober, choking it down, getting sick, and yes, <laughs> laughing my ass off watching a movie with you guys. Right. That is hard to replicate in the in the home experience. Mm-hmm. It's doable, you know, and that's what they're fighting against. All the negatives that Mike listed really outweigh the process for me. I'm one of those guys who goes like, go back to the movies. It, it is back. We need to go back. But, you know, the stuff again where it's like, and it is back. The hitman's wife's bodyguard. Rush out here, have a terrible night, and watch our bad movie. You're like, oh, right, you're just right. dreaming. You people are dreaming. I am going to do yeah, my part, I'm going though. back to the theater, it's all bangers. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it's, it's a perfect playlist. Bangers only if I'm going to the theater. I'm going to give Fast 9 a try. I'm going to get 40x seats. Yeah. I'm going to get the biggest yeah, popcorn no, and the biggest soda, and I'm going to throw yeah, half yeah. of it away when I leave. I'm going to do it right. <laughs> On if, your seat, Mike. You just right. pour it. <laughs> yeah, but if Fast 9 is bad, then yeah, I'm going to be very like apprehensive about what films I choose. It's just I'm, I've kind of got cabin right. fever, and I'm like, that's the biggest and dumbest one, Yeah. so I'm going to do it. But like, I don't really I'm have sure my hopes be... for it. <laughs> 
I'm sure it'll be just as bad as the other Fast and the Furious movies. I'm positive. Mm-hmm. It's but, not uh, worse. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise it. it's going to take a lot to get me to just not stay home. It's like, hey, that $45, that could be another share of AMC. You, know? you guys say this. That that EPK electronic press kit that was released of uh, of Vin Diesel saying the movies, you know, I'm talking about like what it means to go to movies. I cried right. watching that the first time. It made me so happy. I was like, God, he's right. We are back. It's uh, everything's okay now. <laughs> well, Mike, think about this. You know, if you want to get shares of AMC, you can only help those shares by going to AMC theaters, right? You can go to Regal and get 40x, and I'll have to switch it up. You can right. keep saying to the moon as he buys more uh, tickets to showings. I, I don't know what it means. They're like that movie has not been in yeah. theaters for like three years. <laughs> what do you mean the moon? You keep saying to the, the moon. moon. We only have fast night. The moon keeps um, calling me an ape. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Um, Vin Diesel just turns the camera and says, "Cinema." Th- that's the whole spot. <laughs> just Love it. Go to the movie. Remember, cinema. Well, yeah, I guess that. I don't have any final. This whole thing has been my final thoughts, yeah. you know, on what we've been yeah, checking out. That's right. the future stuff. We're excited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're excited. Any other mentions? I mean, Castlevania season four. Watch it. Listen to our Castlevania episode. Mm, fantastic. I rewatch Gargoyles. Fun rewatch. Oh, Mike, me seasons. too. That's great. <laughs> Heck yeah! I was oh trying to. God, I'm trying to think of how would a live action work. So maybe we'll do that down the line. Oh, Mike, let me tell you, I got it all figured out, and I've done research to find one of the real scripts of the movies that they tried to adapt. It's terrible. All right, we're gonna we're gonna talk off pod about this. We're gonna get What's into that Um And then Trace, the new Netflix anime based on a Filipino comic, is very good. It's and like them? hunting demons. It's kind of like Castlevania, but set in the modern day. It's. Uh, Supernatural. It's very cool. Six episodes. So three animated yeah. things that I uh, that I did enjoy. There you go. I definitely yeah. still have to check out Castlevania because I, I did like the earlier seasons of that. Oh, right, and, so, you know, I've been watching a lot of vampires, so why not some more vampires? Yeah. I want to say about, you know, Buffy and Angel, like I mentioned before, if you want to watch them, they're on Amazon Prime. I will say that the Buffy HD conversion is like notoriously bad. Because mm. they kind of screw up the the color temperature a lot, and they you know they convert it from four three to sixteen by nine, and they have they didn't like pan and scan. They just kind of um, they just have the edges of the the set basically. So sometimes you can see like lights oh, no. and, and, and uh, crew members on the side of the screen. Oh yeah, no! Yeah, so Whedon's <laughs> calling cut. <laughs> It's clear, yeah, which is weird that it was such a cult hit and yet, uh, you know, no one cared enough to have a good HD transfer. But, um, you know, it's still watchable. So definitely, I'm on season five of Buffy, season two of Angel, so I still got some seasons to go, but I would love to do a full episode on it at some point. We will for yeah. Halloween. We'll do it for the Conjuring universe. We'll do it for Buffy, Buffy and Angel. Conjuring when you watch Gargoyles. them. That would be great. <laughs> yes, Mike, write it down. BFG. Um, Thank you for being here for our scheduling. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, when you watch them now that the show is a spinoff, quote unquote, and they do yeah. collide at sort of the same rate, do you totally. go, okay, one episode of Buffy, one episode of Angel, one episode of Buffy, one episode of Angel? That's, is that how you watch yeah, it? Yeah, that's basically how I've been doing it. So season one of Angel starts at season four of Buffy, and there are crossovers where, um, you know, a, a character will show up on angel from buffy and so on and there's watch guides you can look up to make sure that you're watching certain episodes at at certain times because there are some tie-ins uh but it's really interesting because like you know there there'll be there's an episode that's like a spike flashback that shows how you know spike's origin that also ties in on angel because they're doing 
Darla, who was uh, Angel's sire, um, they all used to run together. So there's a flashback that's literally in the Angel episode that shows that flashback from a different point of view. So and those episodes came out back to back. So it's really interesting how they do things like that. So I love you know, it. I definitely recommend it, and I would love to do a full episode at some point. Uh, you know, Colin, if you start watching it, that would be amazing. I will. It'll be my next thing. You can feel yeah. Greg Berlanti was like. This is how Joss Whedon did it. This is how I'll do it. Oh yeah, and yeah, with the 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 crossovers, you can definitely see the the Arrowverse, you know, crossover formula. Um, so yeah, it's all there. Madness. Awesome. Joe, any last thoughts? Last Rex. Welcome back. Uh, no man, happy to be back. Shaking off the cobwebs. I missed you guys. It's fun to talk about stuff. Uh, a lot of cool stuff coming this summer. I'm excited to see where Loki goes. Um, yeah, just back in the saddle. That's it. Nice. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Happy just to had, have you back. I just had Dom Toronto yeah. Street race past my window. <laughs> we should, we've got a version of Joe here. It's, it is a variant. Now, I, I'm going to open my box here of my little Infinity Stones that he's trying to get at and make sure he doesn't get in them. That's right. And there's a sticky note on those that says, be sure to... Um, Follow the podcast, like, share, subscribe on <laughs> iTunes and our social media, Instagram, right. Twitter. Check us out on YouTube. That's right. That's Video. Right. Very important. If you want to see our beautiful faces. 151 yes. exciting stuff. We don't know what's next. Something entertaining, I'm Probably sure. Probably 152. <laughs> I would say. And 150 more, gents. Can you believe we did it? Uh, you know, like we said, check us out at those socials. Watch our guys' personal socials. Watch Mike do those speed runs where you're like, what the fuck is this? Watch Jacob shoot other dirty cowboys and say, drop, you, you deserve this. You're all right. Uh, and yeah, Joe, get on there. I, I want to watch you play Star Wars. Get a, get a Twitch going. Come on. I'll think about it. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Should we go around, do the outros of the intros? We are your yeah. hosts. This has been your host, Colin. Um, Mike Ella DeVille. Yo. This is Jacob the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> See you later, normies. Have a good one. Mike Ella. <laughs> Mike Ella DeVille. Dalmatians killed my mom. We all it's have spelled moms. spelled like devil, but it's pronounced DeVille. <laughs> Fancy. Bye. My name is Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots. If you don't like, share, subscribe, or visit our YouTube, remember, I will kill you.